Welcome to the Messy Roots Podcast. My name is Marjavon. I serve as your host for the Messy Roots Podcast. And listen, this is 2024. We are finally here. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's both were on Mondays. And so we took off for two weeks. Um, and now we are back. And I am excited about this episode this episode, it originally was supposed to be a two-parter. You know, normally we do not do an episode that's over 20 minutes long. With this episode, it's going to be 50 minutes long, but it is going to be awesome because it's packed with so much juicy, good content and information that I think is helpful for anyone who is looking to start off this new year on the right foot and on the right track and just really do it with ease. So, I have my brother, my friend, Eric Cox, who will be joining us on um, the podcast. And I am super excited for you all to be able to listen um, to him, hear his words. This is an episode that perhaps you maybe, yes, you might watch it. Let me listen to it in the car, but you're going to probably pause and take notes. You could listen to this episode on a treadmill as long as, again, you're able to take some notes on a walk. Again, as long as you're able to take some notes, okay? (laughs) That's all I'm telling you is that you want to write and jot some of these things down. Um, So I'm going to see you all on the other end of this podcast episode. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Me excited about this though, because like you're just when I be listening to you on your um on your page, like whoo, every time you say good morning, good evening, good people, I was like, okay, here we go. I just <laughs> <laughs> like ready to actually just listen in. So that's so funny. Awesome. Well, good. I'm glad that that is received. It's <laughs> definitely for a, a niche audience and the um. It's for everyone. It can be for anybody, but who I'm speaking to is yeah. very, uh, very much so my inner child. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and introduce yourself and just share who you are, you know, what you know, city you're in, where you reside from, too, because I don't even know if you're like Tennessee born and raised. So, like, you know, Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll, I'll I'll give you what I got, and then if I'm missing anything, uh, just yeah. add it. I'll let you, you'll do all the post edits. Um, yeah. So yeah, Eric Cox, Eric L. Cox, Eric Lorenzo, uh, Cox, if you're nasty. And, <laughs> uh, so Eric Lorenzo Cox, born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I always like to uh, say in terms of who I am, values-wise, uh, what matters to me. Because um, mm-hmm. what I do is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what I would say in terms of like who I am at the core of me, uh, my two leading uh, values are uh legacy and spirituality so Mm -hmm. um this thirst for connectedness the spiritual work um it was interesting so one of my teachers in meditation in uh what's known as vipassana meditation is uh essen goinka and essen goinka always describes spirituality as it's very simple it's um when you go from angry to loving that's spirituality when you Mm -hmm. go from uh, irritants to patience that's spirituality mm-hmm. so it's 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 learning to um strip down strip back down to our essence that that's kind of what i believe in we learn a lot throughout life some things are truth and some things are right and some things yeah. are wrong and some things are just what they are uh, but a lot of the adult life is like stripping down like what what actually served me and what isn't serving me um, so that's why I say uh, uh, spirituality. So it's this it's this journey. Uh, and then legacy is what do you leave behind? And it doesn't have to be like this big grandiose, like I cured cancer. Um, you know, it could be I helped the person smile today. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's how do you leave people every day? Yeah. So at, that's the legacy. Even these, conver- these kind of conversations is like what kind of deposits uh, you're always looking for. Um, and you want it to be organic, of course, but it's like, how can I leave a a deposit um you know but it's all based on your nature based on your your dhamma uh so my nature is to uh is to leave positive deposits <laughs> so that's that's kind of the crux of who i am um how i lead and how i serve you know i believe in courage 
Mm-hmm. I lead a life of courage. So uh, when I'm teaching leaders, which are any human beings, um, mm-hmm. you know, everyone has a leadership path or role. That's right. So when I'm talking to leaders, you know, I'm always uh, speaking about three values that are inherent in me uh, with leadership, which is courage, uh, good health, uh, mm-hmm. are healthy. So healthy leadership, healthy living and fulfillment so you know what is it that satisfies your soul so to speak and those are my anchors what i do is a plethora of things uh, but that kind of defines who i am who i've been all my life um so grew up in nashville tennessee i'm the youngest of five boys and um so i'm 37 now be turning 38 on good old capricorn day uh kwanzaa day one december 26th and uh yeah, so if you're in the zodiacs or anything like that, Capricorn, I have zero clue what my rising sun is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know. What I don't know what any of that I'm is. Just like, wow, I just know the first one and that's it, right? Like, yeah. that's what I got. Right, you sound just like me. I'd be like, I want to know, but then I, when people tell me, I don't even remember, <laughs> and I don't know what it means. I'm just like, okay, good. You yeah, know more about me. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, personality wise, I'm an uh, INFJ, so I would be. It's a oh. very rare um, personality, but it, it's it's conducive. It's it's the same as uh, like Martin Luther King, uh, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, um, and I feel that inwardly, like that kind of yeah, compelling. Yeah. That compelling, even when you don't have, sometimes don't want to, you just compelling to serve, compelling mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, there's got to be some sort of connection. Uh, mm. somewhere in the heavens. But that's a little bit about who I am. Um, and I can talk more about the life I've lived, but that that yeah. gives you a pretty good idea of kind of at the core of who I am, like what I really, really care about. Yeah, y'all, this conversation is honestly, I mean, I just feel like maybe you should get your blanket out, get you a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and your journal and just write while listening. I just feel like this conversation is a great, like, cozy snug already. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, that's just how it feels. That's what you bring. Um, so I, 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 I'm just, I've never done this before, but I think we should set the scene for yeah. how you should probably listen to this podcast episode. Yeah. Campfire. <laughs> get your blanket <laughs> and get your coffee or tea. I'm a tea drinker. I'm gonna know your coffee. Um uh and yeah, and just enjoy, just simply yeah. enjoy. I want to hit one thing before we go deeper into who you are, because I, I think there's two things that you mentioned around um legacy and spirituality that I would love for you to kind of explain just a little bit more because I think it's super important for people to grasp when you said you know to go from anger to to love is a form of spirituality i want to first start off by asking why is that a form of spirituality like where does that come from so that our um listeners could be able to go deeper into that practice oh this might turn into a two-part really (laughs) um so i practice meditation i've been practicing meditation um for years and grew up um in what i would call a borrowed faith uh, mm-hmm. borrowed religion uh, that I don't necessarily delineate from, uh, but the theology is a little different. Yeah. So Christianity is where I was based. That's kind of where I was bathed mm-hmm. as a boy. And uh, with that, you get kind of whatever the, the doctrine is of the person in front of you who's teaching you. Uh, you just kind of learn to lean in. You're not really taught to question or to challenge anything. It's more like you just grow up listening. And so you're um, you're being programmed at such an early age uh, to do so many different things uh, based on your culture, based on a plethora of things. But anywho, um, at the crux, at the root of what I believe most religions talk about is love, I think. Yeah. Uh, for any 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 good, yeah. non-harmful religion, uh, at the corner in most of their scriptures, at the end of the day, what's yeah. written, what's preached, um, is this anchor of love. And so there's something there in terms of synchronicity amongst the different uh, variants, the different religions that are out there. And so you start as you get older, as I got older and left from uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I was born. I'm a unicorn. So born and raised here in Nashville, Tennessee, but went off to college at UT Knoxville. Uh, so went from living 99.9% Black 
all black everything uh, <laughs> to going going to a, a university that had you know high acclaim, if you will, but was ninety nine point nine percent white. Was, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was in that space, or when I left from college or from high school, that I really was able to sort of begin the process of coming into my own. It's you know, mm. growing up, I had, um, and being more specific, growing up without the language, but growing up gay, mm-hmm. growing up LGBTQ, um, you you have an identity, but it's you don't have uh, mm. the inclusive space so good. to to live in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to live in your truth or to even know what your truth is or you're just kind of taught to do a certain thing and and you know you don't question it for quite some time but then when you get out on your own questions come yeah uh, questions come out of nowhere you start questioning uh, because now you have the space you have the safety uh psychological safety to question things without the detriment of being kicked out of a house or the, without the detriment of <laughs> uh, you know someone sidebarring you uh, based on what you say. So hmm. to the question of spirituality, how do I get to that that kind of answer? Or how do I subscribe to something like that that said it's it's due to learning uh, post high school in my collegiate years, undergrad, that there's more to it than what's been taught, more yeah. to it than what I've been than what I've learned, than what I've even read at the surface level. And I learned how to ask questions, took some classes, uh, not my major, but took classes in world religion, took classes in Bible study. Uh, and when I say Bible study, I don't mean reading it at surface level and taking it as is, but learning about the Bible like it was a book, yeah. learning about it like it was Alice in Wonderland, not to strip away anyone's theological uh, paradigms of thought around the Bible but when you look at it as just a book, as just, a, uh, you know, how it's set up and staged, you start asking better questions of like, well, why did they set it up this way? What what were yeah. they trying to convey? What were yeah. they trying to communicate? What's the bigger picture here? And then you start diving deeper and you find out things like how we tell stories, how we pass down information in Western civilization is uniquely different from how they do it in the East, uniquely yeah. different from how they do it in other countries. And yeah. you need that information, and I'll get to the answer here in a little bit. But oh, this uh, is good. Keep on going, Fred. I love it. You need that un- yeah. <laughs> you you need that information, um, and yeah. you need those kind of questions to really get at the meat or the bones or the structure, the framework, the essence of what you know this Bible versus this Bible is trying to convey or tell me. But it has to be through the lens of the the teacher, the narrator, the historian, how they wrote, why they wrote what they wrote. And so learning things like they didn't write down things the way we write down things uh, helps me look at things with a different lens when I'm reading a scripture or listening to a scripture, whether it's my own uh, uh, borrowed faith, borrowed religion, or it's another's. Uh, it's now I can listen to this and not take everything that's said at mm-hmm. face value, not, mm-hmm. not take everything that's said like it is uh, absolute. It's mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's information. Uh, but doesn't mean the way it says exactly the way it's meant. And that opened my mind to everything else in life. Now I'm questioning everything. So it's, you know, I'm raised with these loving parents who taught me these things. And at one point I didn't question them because I'm like, well, my dad loves me. My mom loves me. My grandparents love me. My family loves me. Why would they teach me something that's not right? And then you grow up and you learn that they're human too, that they were programmed too. Not that that's bad or good, just neutral, it's just is what it is. They were also programmed. So maybe they're just feeding you their program. And maybe the way they teach it, when there are strong feelings, mm. fervent feelings towards certain things, when there are strong opinions towards certain things, it's all based on their programming, not based on the truth, just mm. based on their programming. Mm. Um, and, and this is the only way I know how to answer this question for you. I was a, uh, my communications major as well at UT. Me too. <laughs> Say a so, lot to say a little. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's all theology oh. and philosophy in our head, yeah. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so anywho, from yeah. that journey of unlearning and really learning uh, truth uh, with things like religion and scripture, I started applying that to everything else. So, getting back to how anger to love is spirituality. Well, when I took away being Christian, took away being Muslim, took away being Buddhist took away being these different sects 
And I said, if you take all those away and you bring us all together, what are we professing? We're professing love. Yeah. Well, when we think about love, uh, in one of the books I just read, I know you're a reader too. So one of the books I love, uh, which is called The Art of Happiness by the uh, Dalai Lama, um, mm. it talks about love and it's the most pure definition of love I've ever heard. Mm. Um, and it is this. It is at its purest definition. Love is, um, and I'm quoting this, the uttermost, absolute, unqualified mm. desire for another person's happiness. That's love. Mm. Uttermost, absolute, unqualified or unmerited or undeserving, or you didn't do anything to get it, or you didn't do anything to take it away or to unqualified desire mm. for another's happiness. And mm. I said, that, that's love. That's good. And it fits for any situation when we're talking about love. Sometimes when people say things like love hurts, I was like, no, nah, you don't really understand love then because love doesn't hurt. The person hurts you, not love. Right. Love doesn't hurt. Yeah, by definition, it can't. Um, so it is, um, so anyway. So they fall. But, <laughs> but, but that that is a formless thing. Yeah. Love is a formless thing. Um, and so I started doing more digging and uh, looked at books like uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by uh, mm. Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it. But he gets into, and I love science. I'm a big nerd when it comes to science and quantum physics. Um, so he talks about the quantum physics of our molecular structure as human beings, as beings, period, or as anything that's formed in this world. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is simply the speed, right? The speed of the molecule. It, it is it is uh, the vibrational energy. Um, and then when we get down to the bare essentials of who we are as individuals or who we are in this world or this, this idea of self, we find that we're energy. When yeah. you break down everything, down to everything, from this uh, little mug I'm drinking coffee out of, to the, these chairs, to the mirrors, to us, we all come from the exact same star stuff that created everything. Mm -hmm. And so from that exact same star stuff, then we started getting in these forms. And so it talks about the, un, the conscious, unformed being that mm -hmm. formed everything but it all was through thought right nothing was manifested one percent of reality is manifested reality the other 99.9 percent .9 is unmanifested uh, so it's there's a power of formlessness uh and that i find and when we're doing the practice of meditation like you gravitate a little closer towards that when when done correctly the uh, the correct sheila the correct samadhi and the correct uh, panya, panya, which panya is wisdom. Samadhi um, is the uh, the right uh, 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 um, connection between mind and body, so the right uh, concentration, and then uh, the right shila uh, is the right conduct, so the right moral energy conduct. How you how we treat other beings, in other words. Um, long story very long uh shortened up a little bit here nothing but the long story here in in this condensed version of it because we'll be on here forever is that everything comes from formlessness mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. it's often been said it's been said i heard said you know the first language of god is silence mm. peace quiet and so when we are in states of peace, when we're meditating and there's nothing going on and our physical selves are not moving, we mm. tap into, we allow for this infinite peace, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. silence, mm -hmm. the first language. And you do what's known as a unification of body and mind. Mm. And you're not doing anything. Your body's not doing anything. And you, you're in your best state. You're in your most loving state, your most accepting, calm state. You are able to do, as the Christians talk about in the fruits of the spirit and other religions might say it differently, but you're actually able to tap into these formless, um, which we ascribe words to, to try to make sense of it. But when you're looking at just the energy of it, it is... That that is the spiritual nature. It's the formlessness. And so when you when you say going from anger 
to love is spirituality or when I say that and when my teacher said that, what is meant or what I take from that is this. When we're not looking at our formed selves, when we're not tapped into our egos, ego creates anger, ego creates uh, clinging, craving, greediness, and it creates aversion, hatred, irritants. That's what ego does. The me, myself, I, the, the sphere of life that we create around our possessions, my house, my degrees, I'm smart, I'm this. When we look at ourselves as individual units, our egos are powerful and strong. And so when our egos are powerful and strong, we see this as our reality. We think this is it, like Eric, this identity, this brand, uh, if you will, Mario, the brand of Mario. And if anyone comes into our bubble or disrupts our world or our little egotistical world, where this is my house and my world and I've worked so hard to get these things and there it's all mine. It's not community minded itself, like self-absorbed. That's where anger comes from. That's yeah. where jealousy comes from. Cause it's like, wait, I don't have that. I need that too in my world, in my sphere. I need to own it. When things are taken away from us, we become angry, irritated because no, we want to cling on to that. Yeah. But all things in nature rise and fall. And when you learn how to, uh, Jesus talks about this, again, whether you're religious or not, uh, the, the real Jesus, the historical Jesus, um, as referenced in the Bible, was quoted to say, or talks about, uh, you know, the rich man. So he's talking to this man named, uh, 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 not Lazarus. This is the rich man. Uh, Lord, I can't think of his name right now. It'll come to him in a minute. But he's speaking to a, a rich man who's asking, how do they inherit heaven? They want this tangible physical place like when i die i want to go to this place where there's physical houses which makes no sense uh physical mansions you know streets of gold which again makes no sense um um so i want to inherit all that how do i get it and jesus answers him he says give up everything give all your possessions away yeah because then you get it that and, and, and you know i think it was less it, it may or may not have been less about literally giving up everything and more about your way of thinking your theology of life your this need to consume and have yeah. when you learn how to give it away and learn that you're still taken care of and all is good and all is well, that's spirituality. That's so, connectedness. When we get rid of ego, which creates things like anger and angst, uh, you know, you probably heard the quote or, you know, pain is um, inevitable. Suffering mm -hmm. is optional, meaning that physical mm -hmm. like pain, like if I, if I were to hit you or if something were to hit me, the physical sensation of pain would be there absolutely pain comes it, it's like ah, it doesn't feel good but that goes away very quickly what yeah. lingers is the psychological suffering of i can't believe mario hit me i can't believe mario hit me i'm eric like i can't believe i got hit i'm embarrassed i can't believe this happened so we take on this psychological suffering with things that really ended like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, we recreate it replay it we sleep on it we're like i can't believe and it's because it's a damage to our, a chip to our armor, our egoic armor, if you will. And so when all that stripped away, you have attained, you have gotten closer to spirituality, which is this formlessness, this yeah. no self. Yeah. This, um, while we, I mean, obviously I know I live here on earth, but none of this is real. Like not, everything's vibrational. Everything's energy from the wall, even though I can't literally with these hands, these very formed hands. Yeah. I can't go through the wall, but the wall's vibrating just like I am. It's just, yeah. it, it's at a lower frequency. And so everything has to be at a very low frequency to solidify. Uh, so we're only solidified because we are yeah. at a lower frequency, but what we do vibrationally and what we do through the practice of meditation and different other practices of spirituality, spiritual practices, Spiritual practices, spiritual tools. Some confuse that with religious practices, religious tools, which is fine. They're the same tools, but just semantics. Um, so mm -hmm. the the spiritual tools mm -hmm. are meant to get you to a spiritual place. Uh, a spiritual tool like meditation is meant to remind you, especially eyes closed. You're not seeing anything. You're just, and your body's not moving. It's all mind and body. And so how do you sit there for an hour or two hours and not just jump up out of boredom because you are so clear, connected, and you're training yourself too. You have to train. But uh, that's the state you try to get to. So that that is the 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 answer. Essentially, 
why is anger to love that? Well, really what it is, it's an awareness that my ego is generating these negative emotions. And when I'm aware of those things and I realize that that's not my true state, my true state is love. My true state is peace. My true state is kindness, compassion. Why? Because I don't see you as disconnected from me. I see you as me. I yes. see you as community. Yes. We're all together. And so when I hurt you, I'm hurting me, which makes no sense why I would do that. So when when there's this lessening of ego, this lessening of me, my, mine, and it's more collective, it's more global, then anger makes no sense or not staying there forever. Not not unjustified anger. There's a such thing as being, I mean, we have the emotion of anger for a reason too. There is justified anger. It's okay to be uh, angered by something or to be, you know, set off, if you will, by something or to be disturbed by something or, or feel the need something should change. But in terms of your countenance, um, your, your uh, equilibrium, if you will, your spiritual equilibrium, your equanimity, um, you, sh you can remain balanced and do very um, strong actions. I can, I can protest something that's wrong, but in a spirit of peace where I don't have hatred for the person who I'm protesting against. I don't have to hate a police officer. I don't have to hate right, right, right. a Republican. I right. can I can love the Republican. I can love and and I don't want to say that because I know there's some black Republicans. So that is not the let me not lose you in the this message. So the message is when yeah. I am fighting for something that doesn't mean I'm fighting against someone. Right. 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 It's I'm fighting for something and the actions you're exhibiting or you're demonstrating is counter to what I'm trying to get to, which is peace, collaboration. Yeah. Um, compassion, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, mm -hmm. or hopefulness, self-control. Those are fruits of the spirit as proclaimed by uh, Galatians in the Bible. But mm -hmm. that's that's true for any religion. Doesn't matter which one was given to you or you borrowed. Um, and it is uh, that spirituality because it's the one true thing that makes sense across all other religions. I always look for what's the, the common denominator between yes. this, this, that, and that. And so. And it's love. Yeah. It At love. the end of the day. Yeah. And true love, real love is that. It, it, and so when I have for you, Mario, and for all beings, and I'm not talking about just humans, I'm talking about squirrels, I'm talking about all beings that are created. Yeah. When I have the uttermost, absolute, unqualified desire for another's happiness, then that, is like a compass for my actions, uh, how I show up around other people. And yeah. so, yeah, even if someone's um, unknowingly, unconsciously hurting me because I'm at not a better state, just a more awakened state or, or you know, out of the matrix, if you will, if just because I've taken off my, my rose colored glasses, my tinted glasses, where I saw things a certain way and now I see things for what they really are. Not everything's red. Everything's beautiful and colorful and everything has space and place here. Um, mm. When I do that, okay, yeah. then I'm able to lead my life a little differently in how I show up. And then I can direct, I can help other people get on that journey. And it doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else. It just means I'm on the journey. I might be a few steps ahead on my journey, uh, but I can now teach other people how to get on their journey yeah. and be a few steps you know, further next year than they were this year so that that's the answer to your question no, i love that i think what you're saying is really what people need to hear uh definitely as they prepare to go into the new year's for those who traditionally do new year's resolutions or just see like you know the new year is like a form of rebirth even around their birthday which is you know close to yours um you know i think that is just so important um and it leads me into like that second thing that i was talking about which is legacy right mm -hmm. and what i like i'm smiling uh because one of my favorite people to listen to is uh michael beckwith michael bernard beckwith i don't know if you heard of him before dreads um, he's have dreads yeah but he yeah. cut his cut hair him. Yeah. Um, one, he was the first pastor that I ever heard that was very inclusive to the LGBTQ community. One of the first pastors that said, like, it's a gift to just be your authentic self and to imagine what does it look like to have to 
see through all of all of the negative stuff, right? In order to just be your full self and to um, see God as as some something that that loves you. Um, so I see you as like this evolving Michael Bernard Beckworth, but in your own right, which is so mm. cool. Um, he has a church called the Agape Church, right? Which is is another word for love. Um, and so you're creating your own lane. And so I love that. And you mentioned um, spirituality at the beginning. You also mentioned legacy, mm-hmm. right? And you said legacy is like these tiny little things that we uh, uh, do. And one thing I, I've been thinking about um, in terms of legacy, I always uh, reflect on my Angeline when she says that uh, you have no idea what your legacy is going to be, right? Because your legacy is as many lives as you touch. And, and I hear that in your response. So I want you to reflect on definitely for us um, as coaches, uh, what does it look like for us to um, establish this form of legacy through the work we're doing as leaders and coaches? Yeah, I think that's good. It's a good question. This might be a two part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're fine. (laughs) So everything I draw on draws. So I, I, when I answer questions like these, I always have to um, start with the foundation. So like when you build a house, you have to have a, a solid foundation you build on. So my foundation for answering that question is um, back to exactly what I what I mentioned earlier with respect to spirituality. Um, and that is once you are for me, I found that um, once I was very clear on who I'm aiming to be, mm-hmm. uh, who I, who I want to, how I want to show up, um, and this search for what's true, not not necessarily what's popular, not necessarily what's uh, comfortable, uh, but what's real, uh, you know. And some, again, semantics. Some ascribe or say. God or Yahweh or Yeshua or um, it's more Jesus, but um, you know, however you say God or however you identify with, you know, there being some creator or a being or some conscious being that creates. Um, once you realize and really not just sit in church on a Sunday or Saturday or in a church period, um, and listen to those words but once those like soak into your being mm-hmm. and you experience so there's there's cognitive learning and there's experiential learning mm-hmm. um let me make sense of that and i promise i'll answer your question no you're fine um, i love this so cognitive learning if i were to talk to you about swimming if i were to tell you the water is wet and it's, you know, how do you describe wet? I don't get it. It's, uh, it'll leave you, uh, you'll be wet. Uh, <laughs> you'll mm-hmm. feel flowy. You you know, trying to explain what water feels like. Trying to write a book on what it feels like, the ingredients that go into water. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about the process of swimming and what you should do with your body. Cognitively, people can get that. I get it. Like, okay, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense to me. Experiencing it is different. When yeah. you experience something, you may not even say or define what you just experienced in the exact same way as it may be written in a book. But you have a truth that no one can take because you experience this thing. And no matter what is said to you, against you, or whatever else, you know you had this experience. It's real for you. So it's almost like everyone else is kind of crazy to deny me my experience. This was real for me. Uh, so experiential. So when you really experience that spiritual lane um, and you're like, this is true. It forces, compels, for those who ascribe to and say, okay, yeah, this is real. It changes how you show up. It just changes how you show up in life. It You can't show up the same way. 
you can't do the same things the same way that were that are detrimental that are harmful to yourself or other people you don't do it the same way as comfortable you don't do it the same way with the same thought so the question um in terms of legacy because of that lens and also because of this lens of death uh, being a little different for me now, though I've never experienced death. No one has experienced it in Cayman <laughs> and, and, and been on a, a podcast after. Um, but based on yeah, an amazing podcast. Larry. Yeah. 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 So. So. Uh, the concept of death based on what I understand life to really be and what I understand yeah. energy to be and what I understand from a standpoint of science, because science is very helpful when it comes to explaining some of the things that uh, are otherwise, right? Um, I don't see death the same as I used to, and I don't see um, like the ending of a thing the same way I used to. So like when this body goes away, there's still energy, which science has proven to us. You cannot destroy energy. Right. Yeah. You can't destroy it. Um, you can't even burn it. You can't even put it in hell and burn it forever. So it's energy not, can't, cannot be destroyed. And that messes with a lot of people's paradigms of thinking. That's going to really rattle some cages. Yeah, Things cannot be destroyed. Um, and so because of that, everything's always a continuance for me. It's a continuance of work. There are going to be um, seeds sown by me Mm -hmm. where I won't see the tree the tree grow. Uh, there are things that I'm going to be developing in this lifetime that I won't see. Uh, right. So the, so the trees you have access to today, they weren't planted in your lifetime. They weren't planted, right? These were planted hundreds of years ago, thousands. Of, like, you mm -hmm. can't even appropriately thank the people who planted them. Mm -hmm. can't say thank you to the people. Mm -hmm. and that's legacy. It's yeah. it's not this. How do I put my name on a gold plate? <laughs> it's ah, it's planting. Yeah, it, it, it is the process of planting seeds. Oh, so good for fruit you'll never eat, <laughs> for for things you'll never see grow. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's a good seed, and, mm -hmm. and you know from spirituality and again the lens of how you see each other, because I know we're a community. Um, and you should really watch this documentary called uh, The Magic, I think it's The Magical World of Fungi or Fungi. It talks about mycelium, it talks about mushrooms and talks about connectedness. There's a whole world beneath like the earth, beneath the dirt that mm -hmm. if you could if you could see it and see how the roots, uh, you're, this messy roots, right? Like if yeah. you, you should uh, take some time or not you should, but I offer you the opportunity to do some research on and even look at some Google images or whatever else on the connectedness below the surface of how trees connect, how the roots stretch out so far, so deep. And like seeing it like that shows you how connected the world is. Um, and so that to me is legacy. It's how do I keep the roots going? And it doesn't have to have my name on it. And it doesn't have to have, I just want to plant a seed so that a hundred years from now, someone sit up on our tree. And they're like, ooh, I feel good about this tree. And they don't know who planted it. <laughs> and they don't know what it went through to get there. But they're mm. receiving something based on something done forever ago. And so that that to me is legacy. It's um, what can I deposit? Mm -hmm. What can I put out? Um, and, and take away the westernized pressure of outcomes. Yeah the the uh well if i put this out there it needs to get at least a million likes and i need to make fifty thousand dollars off this and if i can't do that it's not successful it's like take that off and you'll produce beautiful trees beautiful fruit for people to survive on and you realize from that walk from doing that you start looking around and you say wow someone did this for me someone provided for me yeah, so good. That's spirituality. That that's life. That and so it's and it never ends. Like it's generations so before me. We have to play a part in that. It's all and that's it. And when you take away the pressure of ego, this I have to come through as Superman, and you look at it like Justice League. <laughs> like no, it's a collection of us. Yeah. We don't all have to fight. Like it doesn't have to be the hero story. It's 
it's the collective community story. And that's that's where the beauty becomes. But it's also um, because of the world we live in and the mm -hmm. realities we live in, or at least the manifested realities we live in, that becomes a balance every day for someone who's not actively practicing something spiritual, some spiritual tool that keeps you connected to that way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So the, the reason I sit every morning, even no different than this morning, come downstairs, I have my meditation cushions. It's completely quiet uh, before my partner wakes up, before my dog starts barking, before our dog starts, before sun um, is all throughout the place. It's still kind of dark and it's quiet. And I come down and I sit for an hour mm -hmm. in silence. So no, no nothing, just sit mm -hmm. in silence because I need to be reminded that this isn't real. Like it, this isn't forever. And I get that. Yeah. And you experience, again, the experiential level, you experience through meditation, especially through what's known as uh, a specific meditation, which is a Vipassana meditation, uh, which Vipassana just means things as they really are. Um, so you experience through Vipassana meditation or just from sitting for an hour, honestly, you experience nature. You experience exactly what happens out in the world every day that we just don't pay attention to because we're so rush, rush, rush. We're so human, human, human. Like, let me do the next thing, the next thing. But when you sit, you start paying attention. You start noticing subtler, 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 subtler sensations throughout your body, which are all just chemical reactions. There are an innumerable amount of chemical reactions taking place in our body at any given second that we just don't pay attention to because we're so human, 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 ego, 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 go, 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 got to build, got to build, got to get this money, got to chase this cash, need to go have sex, got to feed my body. Like it's all this physical stuff. And when you sit, you're reminded that we are just like nature. This body will decay. I will die. This body will decay. Um, and it doesn't have to be this, oh my God. It, it's, that's life. It's nature rises and falls. Empires rise and fall. We are, uh, there was a, a, a documentary on planet Earth. And if you watch and follow science and nerd out science like I do. Yeah, it talks about there, there have been five up to this point. Yeah. There have been five mass extinctions. Yeah. Meaning the creatures that were here, and we're 1%. We're like the one, like from the last one, mm -hmm. all that exists today throughout the entire world is 1%. 1% mm -hmm. of the species, categories mm -hmm. of species that survived that cataclysmic thing. So what did that do for me? What does that do for me? What does that remind me of? It reminds me that we rise and fall. Tomorrow we could be wiped out and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's okay. Cause yeah. it all it 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 keeps going and it doesn't have to go the way we want it and it never will. So we we lose control. Yeah. And then you just figure if mm. I'm here, I'm here for purpose. The purpose uh presents itself daily to you. Mother Teresa, someone had asked her one time, um, you know, isn't what you do? kind of like um a, a a drop in the ocean like isn't isn't what you do the work we do because we're so like finite like we and we we're here we're gone isn't yeah. the work you do when we, we we put all this energy and effort into helping and serving people and being about community isn't that kind of like a drop in the bucket a drop in the ocean and mother Teresa said yes but without it it would be one less drop yes one less drop so, good. so that's it. That's the legacy. What's the drop today? And it, it doesn't have to be big. If you're closed in, if it's if you're having a snow day, you're snowed in and you can't go out into the world, you can still make deposits. <laughs> you can still send out love. You can still show up lovingly for yourself, for those in the household. There, there are ways every day to live out the spiritual walk. Uh, and that's legacy. I, I love that. I, I think that we just need to just breathe that in just for like a little bit because what you said was just very strong, you know, for many of us. Because um, I, I hear so many leaders talk about how, oh man, like I wonder like what I'm doing, is it worth it? And all these things like that. And it's like, it is, right? Because you have to contribute back to this world. You have to be able to serve as a tree, you know, so that somebody else can have shade, 
um, that you may not even know their name. Mm -hmm. And when we focus so much on just uh, how many likes you said and how many different people were able to connect with and counting how many people we're connecting to, you know, we lose focus on what really matters. Um, and so when I hear that, it, it's all of us playing a part in just nature, mm -hmm. uh, this, these ebbs and flows. And we're seeing nature right now, you know, move and change, right? Like, you know, we go from fall and from fall, we're going into winter mm -hmm. and the winter solstice is on its way, which is the shortest, you know, <laughs> a, a day of the year where we get the least amount of sunlight and so many people can experience that seasonal depression because uh, we don't have that connection to nature like you're talking about. Um, but you just gave some really, really good insight on how we can actually still tap in and deposit. So I would love for you to talk about that a little bit more now that we're in these cold months and we're a little bit closed in and there may be that you know a little bit more form of isolation. What does it look like for us to still tap into nature and why is that important for our well-being? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think first um information. So information is important. So information is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um what happens when we don't have information is we assume things and we normally assume negatively. Mm -hmm. Everything we're just you know it's the human condition. Um we assume the worst. Mm -hmm. If you think a certain thing about a certain person because of something they've done or some way they've been acting, but you don't have a conversation with them, you just assume a certain thing. You're like, well, they must not like me because of this. And then yeah. you, you create this whole narrative. Yeah. Um, this narrative of why does this person like me? And it's not even true. It may not even be real. But they ain't even know, thinking about you. <laughs> not even thinking about you. What's what? Yeah. And the point, let me get back on the point real quick. So it's when we are left without information, we assume and we start narrating. We start giving ourselves reasons why, because we don't have accurate information. So let me make this make sense. When you're educated on something, you have information on something mm -hmm. and you know what something is, you can move healthier yeah. uh, toward changing whatever something is that needs to be changed, if it needs to be changed. Once you have the information, Eric, make it make sense. So, <laughs> you know, if you're not yeah. feeling well mm -hmm. and you're having all these symptoms um, and you go to a doctor, the doctor usually will tell you, Oh, you have this symptom, that symptom, this symptom. Oh, let me do some blood work. Da, da, da. And they show you what is happening. They tell you, they say, oh, it's this. Yeah. And here's why this is happening. Here are ways to treat it. Here are things you can do to do. You can treat it. You get, you get the surgery or there's, you know, over-the-counter medications or there's some sort of organic or natural approach you can take. And boom, now you have information and now you you know what it is. And you can choose to move and you don't have to put all this pressure or anxiety on things. Like it, it is what it is. You have the information. So when you're questioned about depression, seasonal depression, sad, uh, so seasonal affective disorder or any of these things happen or when when climates change or when you find yourself. Not in the same headspace or energy as you typically are the best thing to do is get information on what is this? Yeah. Why yeah. do I feel this way? Yeah. So that you are not left with your assumptions because they're negative. And let me dig deeper here. What does that mean? That means if I am working during this season of sad seasonal affective disorder, um, when there are longer nights, shorter days, shorter days, meaning less sunlight exposure. Mm-hmm. And let's say I work in a corporate environment, which I completely understand, and I work in an office, and the office may or may not even have a window, my God. Um, <laughs> so, you're, so you're just in this thing, and you're grinding, right? You're working your eight hours or 10 hours, and you're just putting in the clock, and you realize you haven't gotten up and walked. You haven't eaten anything. you just been hammering away at emails. You haven't had any sun. You haven't had any food. Chemically, your body is responding to that. And due to not having sun and due to not having the right nutrients or food, due to not having water, due to not 
moving your body. So you're having a sedentary lifestyle. Due to all those things, you have lower energy. On top of that, also due to the fact that there is dark, there's just more darkness, melatonin, melatonin in your body, your natural melatonin, it goes off. Yeah. When it's darker. Hmm. It's it's it is your uh circadian rhythm. Hmm. Our circadian rhythm is how you know our life around the sun, sunlight, how we are in the summertime, everybody's happy. We're taking pictures, like, hey, what's up? Get right, smiles. Winter time, when it's really, really dark, your mood dims. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know why, mm -hmm. you are left to your assumptions. And so rather than saying, oh, I didn't sleep well last night uh, mm -hmm. because I haven't slept well at all, because I haven't eaten, right? Because I haven't, I'm not getting sunlight, because I'm not eat. Like, I, instead of being able to track it back to what it really is, this mm -hmm. is what we do instead. We hammer away, hammer away. We don't know at the chemical level or the science level of what's happening to us. We say, I'm just having a bad day and nothing's going right and I can't get this product off and I done launched this thing and no one's buying it. I ain't got no likes on Facebook and uh, my family don't love me and I ain't got nobody to love me and I'm single and I ain't got... And we create these pitiful stories, these narratives that have some inkling of like reality to them or truth to them but it's not the reason you feel the way you do. You feel the way you do because you're not eating right. You ain't sleeping. You ain't exercise. You yeah. haven't done the things naturally that the body, yeah, the physical, not your ego, the physical, literal body needs. Like you can't go, you can't go 20 minutes without breathing. You'll be dead. You can't go five minutes without breathing. You'll be dead. You can't yeah. go a certain amount of time without water. You can't go a certain amount of time without food. But again, the longer you go, the longer you deviate from the best version of yourself, the longer you go doing practices or not doing the habits that you know are healthy for your life, the more you dig the hole. And when you finally look up to address the whole situation you're in, you might be in real deep and you don't even know it. You didn't realize you were deep. It's like, ah, I, wasn't, I haven't done any healthy practices. And now I'm in my worst state in the deepest hole, both scientifically because there's no sun and emotionally because I haven't done anything to course correct any of this and physically because I haven't fed my body. So I'm just in a, can I say shitty? I'm in a <laughs> shitty state. Yeah. I'm in a shitty state, but I don't know why. So here's why information is important. When you know really what it is, is you need to sleep. You don't need to go in the middle of the night and have sex with anybody. You don't need to, you don't need to turn to this drug hey. or shoot up yeah. or do this, that you don't need to drink yourself. You don't have to drink yourself to death to this. You just need a better rhythm. And you need to understand how to get those better rhythms through information. How do I keep healthy during times like these? Well, first you need to understand what do times like these produce? Well, they produce a lot of melatonin. And when you have a lot of melatonin in you and an, an overproduction of melatonin at this time of the year, you're lethargic. You have yeah. less energy, but stop saying you have less energy because of all these reasons that aren't true. You have less energy because you're not getting sunlight <laughs> mm -hmm. and you're not moving your body. Um, so there are ways to help. But there's also that class of people who are, you know, the the so sad uh, seasonal affective disorder. It impacts uh, roughly about uh, probably 30 percent, 10 to 30 percent of the of the U.S. Uh, 10 percent of that experience severe like depression like where you need help like go see a doctor get prescribed some stuff go and you might have already been depressed or anxious or dealing with some stuff just with you know life stuff already another 10 to 20 percent deal with what i deal with annually which is what's known as mild very mild minimal mild seasonal affective disorder um are the you know the side effects of not having a lot of sunlight having an overproduction of melatonin and so I know that because I go to my doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so because of that, I know, which I haven't done this year, um, I know I need to typically during these times go get a prescription for vitamin D. And I get a prescription for a very high dose of vitamin D, but it helps to balance me out for where I'm losing from the sun. But I wouldn't know to go get a vitamin D prescription unless I knew about SAD. And I wouldn't know about SAD unless I researched so you have to be educated on what's when when things are happening with you. Ask yourself questions. What is this? 
and and dig, find out. Like this is, I have to live with me every day. So I need to know <laughs> everything happening with me. I need to know why I think certain ways. I need to journal, honey. If emotionally I'm somewhere and I can't get myself out of the pit, let me write to myself or, you know, write out a prayer or write down some things to get it out, look at it and really see like, what what is it? Like, what's the root of this thing? And then and see if I can address it alone or do I need professional help to help me address this thing that I just can't shake? So that's the answer. <laughs> no, no, like that. Again, we just need to just breathe and just take all of that in. This is why I said um, at the beginning of our conversation that, you know, get you a blanket, get you some tea or coffee in your journal and just write while you are listening to, you know, this podcast episode, um, Eric did also share um, some amazing books and references as well. Um, my last question that I really want to discuss um, that I think that you could really support our, our, our viewers and listeners and Messy Roots uh, members in um, is obviously we are a community of close to 300 coaches um, and leaders um, around the world. And globally, with so many things happening, there does feel like that um, it's a dark cloud around just many places. Like there doesn't, it doesn't even need to be wintertime. In the summertime, it feels like there is no sun for certain people, mm -hmm. right? And we know that there are coaches and leaders that are on the ground that's like doing this work to make sure that people are able to live their most fulfilled and blessed life. Um, what type of support um, would you give to people um, to be able to perhaps put a rainbow in the sky again and mm -hmm. and and to turn this thing uh, around? Because you, you did mention the, the, the ups and downs, you know, mm -hmm. of life. And perhaps uh, people feel like that this is a down. I'm not trying to say that everybody feels this way. That's why I keep on saying some, right? Um, but you do hear it a lot, right? That there is this dark cloud that seems to be over people. So as we close out this conversation, um, which again has been such a blessing, I'm just sitting here just smiling and taking it all in. Mm -hmm. Um, but how can you close with giving us like this advice to put more rainbows in the sky for people? Yeah, I would say stop looking for rainbows in the sky. Yeah. I would say to accept life as it is. Yeah. There's reality. Earlier, I mentioned uh, pain is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Suffering is optional. Um, I would my my simple advice would be stop suffering. Psychological mm. suffering uh, is ten thousand times more harmful, more heavy, more mm. difficult than the physical pain of whatever you're dealing with. Practical advice for anybody. The first thing I would say, and it sounds joking, but I'm, I'm really serious. Uh, I would say to get off social media. I would say to stop watching the news. Uh, you're ingesting things you don't even know you're ingesting. You're scrolling past things that are triggering you in certain ways that you are either conscious of or unconscious of. You know, scrolling past people's successes when you're having a shitty week, not the best thing. <laughs> it's not it's not if you can't handle that. Um, and not if you can't put it in a proper healthy lens. And so for people who are struggling with, with things like self-defeat or issues of the self or self-identity or feeling like failures or feeling like you're not doing as much as the next person, I would tell you to stop looking at the next person. And the easiest way in 2023, 2024 to do that is to get off Facebook, get off Instagram, get off TikTok, get off your email, uh, get outside when possible. If it's wintertime, still get off all those things, get off your TV. Um, turn all those things off, open up a book, <laughs> read something that makes you feel good, turn on some music that makes you happy and dance and put tools in place, uh, emergency kit tools for emergency kit situations like depression seasons so that you give yourself a fighting chance to feel whole and be better. That's not going to alleviate everything, but all the psychological stuff, that will alleviate most of the weight you put on yourself. Stop watching the negative news. I don't watch the news. I get important information by reading uh, various things, but the news ain't the news. <laughs> What's newsworthy ain't newsworthy to me. I don't care what celebrities are doing to each other or what they did to who and who and what and what. I don't need to see people die every day or get murdered every day. I know it's happening. There's zero I can do about it right now. If there's something I can do, I'll do that, but I don't need to see murder porn. 
I don't need to see, um, you know, violence porn. I don't need to see, I don't need to hear gossip porn. I don't need to. So all that stuff, these little things, get rid of them, uh, replace them with healthier things. You'll feel better naturally. Honestly, if you just take a walk outside for 20 minutes and don't take any electronics with you, you'll feel better. So do more of that. It's it's more of an 80-20 thing. It's, uh, you know, it's Pareto's rule, which I follow for every aspect of my life. It's 80-20. It's what consumes, what positive things are what consumes you 80% of the time. And the other 20%, you know, is, is the leftover. So I always tell people to do it 80% right. You know, and if 20% of your time is spent watching, looking at Facebook or Instagram, whatever else, cool, you can still do it, but lessen it. Replace the 80%, like make sure the majority of your time is spent around people you actually like. Make sure the majority of your time is spent listening to things that actually help lift you up. Make sure that you are listening to like high frequency music. We're all energy at the end of the day. It's not cuckoo. It's not like uh, this person's talking voodoo or cuckoo. It's like, no, like scientifically. Uh, yeah, it's just simple. We're, we're energy. Like it's what we are. So frequencies really do matter. So Maybe yeah. don't listen to, I love hardcore rap. Maybe don't listen to hardcore rap if you're having a really bad day already. Like listen to some uplifting angel frequency, some 777-444 hertz. Uh, li listen to things that naturally vibrate your energy a little higher. But those are practical things. Drink a lot of water. Replace your sodas, your sugary drinks that give you a crash. Like anything that is impeding you from happiness physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, like delete, <laughs> subtract, uh, try to get those things out of your life. That will help you. And then the other stuff, uh, you know, it's just kind of nuanced. It depends on the person. Some people chemically in their brain, they really do require certain medications and you really do need help uh, from a professional to help you manage uh, chronic issues. Uh, but for a good many of people, a good many of us who deal with more mild things, they're actually pretty controllable. You can you can find ways, um, unless you just are addicted to chaos, because some people are addicted to chaos. Some people are addicted to saying, well, things just ain't right. When things get better, I'll do something different. Some people are addicted to being in the hole. So like, some people actually are in the hole. They know they're in a hole. And the work that it requires to get out of the hole, they're not willing to do. So it's easy to offshoot on somebody else and not take what I call radical accountability for your life. Okay. Take radical accountability for your life. If you're miserable, ask yourself, why am I miserable? And then ask yourself, is there anything or what things can I do to, to move 1% off of misery, to, to move 2% tomorrow from misery? And so if you can slowly start doing some things to move misery out of your life, to really truly liberate, uh, to, to be free of suffering, it's the incremental habits that you do every day. And even for the person who's just, I mean, in the deepest of, of wellows, wallows, mm -hmm. even to you, it's a long road, but it's still a hopeful road that you can pull yourself out of the situation by simply first saying that I want to pull myself out of the situation and then aligning yourself with steps, processes, people, professionals to help you actually do that thing. So the first question to ask yourself, how do I feel and what's my situation look like? Do I like it? Mm -hmm. If the answer is no, do I want to change it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Then start asking yourself, ask the universe, how can I change this situation? And things will come to you. And, and you know, you'll get presented with opportunities, but you still have to do the work. Some people want to skip work and jump right into joy. It's not true. You got to do the work. You have to do work. Yeah. Uh, Success only precedes work in the dictionary. That's it. I love work. That. I work love first. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Eric, it was so good. Oh my God. Like this right here was just simply amazing. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. To us. Um, and for you all to be able to uh get in contact with Eric and continue to follow his work. You'll see all that information in the show notes. So you'll be able to see his Instagram uh, when he's on it, <laughs> um, as well as uh website and any other information that makes sense uh for you to be able to connect him, uh, uh connect to him as well as his work. So thank you again, Eric. And I truly, truly appreciate you for um joining us um on the Messy Roots podcast. Yeah, this is beautiful. Thank you.
appreciate it. Listen, I warned y'all. I told y'all it was going to be good. I told y'all it was going to be great. And it really, really was. I cannot wait to see some of you all comments on social media. And definitely if you are subscribed to MessyRoots.org um, and you're receiving our newsletter, you could just simply respond back to the newsletter that comes out on Mondays. I would absolutely love to know how you feel. And if you have any messages for Eric, definitely please continue to share those. I think this is, again, yet a great um, episode. These guests are just coming in and just like taking over and doing some amazing stuff. And I am super, super excited about it. So I love y'all for free. Continue to follow me, Marjavon, Marjavon.com, as well as missyroots.org.